Welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah, and I'm here today with Jen and Ashley. This is Ashley. We'll chat about our Unabridged Book Club's pick of the month, recommend related books, and share our nerdy English teacher love of reading with our Unabridged highlights and with short episodes featuring targeted topics. To follow along with our schedule, visit our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hey, welcome to Unabridged. Thanks for listening. We today are so excited to discuss um, E.B. Zaboy um, and a couple of her novels that we enjoyed reading and wanted to share with you and talk a bit about um, what we thought about them and um, also applications for the classroom for those of you who are teachers. Um, and yeah, we're interested. We're going to try to stay really light on the spoilers um, since this is a highlights episode. We feel like particularly American Street um, will be difficult to discuss as much as we'd like to without doing some spoiling, but yeah. we will. Um, we're thinking we would just warn you ahead of time yeah. <laughs> before we get to that part in case you haven't read yet and it would like to without having anything spoiled for you. Um, so the first one we're going to discuss today is E.B. Zavoy's Pride, a Pride and Prejudice remix. Um, and this one, just for a quick summary, um, in this modern-day remix of Pride and Prejudice, Zuri Benitez seeks to find herself as she moves toward college when the wealthy Darcy family moves into her neighborhood of Bushwick. Zuri finds herself arguing for the merits of her home and struggling against the change that is threatening her path and her family. So what did you all think? I love this book so much. <laughs> um, so I love Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, which, <laughs> yeah, everybody does not, but I do. And I love. I feel judged. No, just no in that judge. moment, there just was side eye. There was definite. I was deciding whether to acknowledge or not. I'm just acknowledging everyone does not love Pride and Prejudice. As but I've discussed before, I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I I enjoy it. I've read it several times and watched all the all the things. Um, and I really like rewrites of classic literature. And so I thought that the way she took her source material and rewrote it for the modern world was absolutely brilliant because I think a lot of times we're quite self-congratulatory about the way we've moved on from kind of the pre-Victorian and Victorian eras. And she just revealed that we have a lot of the same prejudices that they did, that was unintentional, but that they did back then and um, that they just emerge in a different way. Um, so yeah, I loved everything about it. I loved the characters. I loved the way she w wrote I, I thought her writing was really strong, and I love the way she incorporated that original story into her plot that seemed quite modern. Um, I liked, I, I liked this one. I had not read um, Pride and Prejudice. I know everybody's shocked on that one. Um, so <laughs> I don't know, like if I, I enjoyed the story, and I certainly I love the Benitez family, and I love the fabric of their um, relationships mm -hmm. and. The way that um, I love that all the girls lived in the, uh, were in the same room and that they had this close relationship, but they also really got on each other's nerves. And I just really like that about it. But I wonder, um, after I read it and talking with both Ashley and Jen, I wondered if um, I would have enjoyed it more had I known 
the source material because I am 100% sure I like it better than Pride and Prejudice and I've never read Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I know I, but in all seriousness, I think that having known the story ahead of time might have helped me like the, mm-hmm. like the, the book even more because when I compare it, which we'll get to American street later, but when I compared it, to American Street, I just adored American Street and Pride. I liked, but it was not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Although I enjoyed it, and it was such a quick read, and I enjoyed the story, um, I just felt more attached to the characters in American Street. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're not really comparing the two books, right. but then, but when you read two books by the same author in such a short period of time, mm-hmm. um, you can't help but make comparisons. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, I mean, I um, I really loved the, I loved it. I loved it. I I listened to this one on Scribd, um, and Elizabeth Acevedo is the it, she reads it, and um, that is that is awesome. I love her, so um, I'm biased toward that. But also, I just think that um, she, as a poet um, and a writer, just has such a good sense of. Um, how to tell the story and um, the narration is so natural and then that this one has the poetry in it and that she reads that um, was just I thought deepened um, the experience um, so I really enjoyed that part and then I I mean I did I like I think I, I don't know that in general I like remixes a whole lot or you know stories that are commenting on another one but I definitely enjoyed this one Mm -hmm. um and I mean maybe I do like it more than I've realized I think I mean I like twisted fairy fairy tales and things Mm -hmm. like that so I guess that I am interested in um having a concept of what the story is like and then seeing what somebody does with um the kind of basic plot line um and I just I mean I really loved a lot of the issues that Zuri is grappling with in the novel I felt like spoke to so much of um yeah I think this speaks to what's happening in America and um the struggles that a lot of people and a lot of young people have of Mm -hmm. um how do you find your identity how do you position yourself against others um what does it mean to be who you are I mean I think all of those questions are really valid and I think that when the Darcy family moves in and they have all this money and they have such a different background than Zuri and the Benitez family that that just brings up this really interesting um, dynamic a lot like in the original Pride and Prejudice that then you can explore um, how these different ways of being and uh, you know um, like different levels of entitlement um, different levels of privilege impact um, people's choices Mm -hmm. and so I mean I think all that's really interesting so yeah um, so what did you think, what did y'all think about Zuri? Mm-hmm. Like, what did you think about her attitude about Bushwick, um, or just kind of her character in general? I really thought, um, seeing someone who was young and who had such a solid sense of her roots and of what she valued about her neighborhood, which was not a perfect place. I mean, there was poverty, there was, you know, some of the places were run down, but she just found so much to love in its flaws um, I really enjoyed that. And she had a hard time with change. And I myself have a hard time with change. So I could identify, you know, she's excited about going to college and about new opportunities opening in front of her. But she has a lot of anxiety about that as well. And I think that's really natural for a lot of, of kids who are in that place that they're ready for the next step. But they don't completely want to let go of what they love about their lives now. So I just thought... Um, 
yeah, that E.B. Zaboy did a great job creating this very believable character who who did change over the course of the novel without abandoning who she was mm-hmm. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And I, I loved how she uses how she used poetry to mm-hmm. express her voice and how as we the readers got to know her from her po- poetry I really enjoyed that a lot I thought that the poems were gorgeous and just so telling of Zuri's um like what, what she was going through at any particular time so I really liked that um and yeah I just loved her um her strength and her ambition and I love my one of my favorite parts of the book is when she goes to Howard and um, experiences that and how she just feels at home there and wants to go there. And, um, and that the fact that her family is so supportive and uh, just, you know, I just loved all of that and how I just, I just loved it. It just, I mean, it's just, I just, I just love the whole book, the, the part of the book that is just the, the story of a teenager mm-hmm. who's just trying to find her way in the world. And um, I, I, I liked it. I liked that a lot. The part you were just talking about when she goes to Howard and she reads, her or she poetry. participates yeah. in, her, in the slam, poet, the poetry slam. Um, I don't want to read the whole thing, but the second stanza. So we hood girls shout our, and sorry for those of you who have also listened on script. <laughs> I am not Elizabeth Acevedo, but I'll do my best. <laughs> um, so we hood girls shout our pain into the megaphone wind, hoping that it will carry our dreams to skyscraping rooftops with radio towers broadcasting our tongue clicking, smack talking, neck rolling, hip swaying, finger snapping, sass through telephone wire, jump ropes while we skip to the beat of our own songs and count out the seconds, minutes, hours, days until we break past these invisible walls where glass ceilings are so high. We only look up and never scratch the surface with airbrushed and gel-tipped manicured nails, hoping that maybe the stars will reach down instead and want to touch us too. Like I went back and read that again after the first time Mm because I just think it's beautiful. I mean, just... She has everything in that poem, what she loves about her home, what she hopes for for her future. Um, she's cherishing her culture and her roots, and I just think it's it's stunning. I have to say, at times I got really aggravated at Zuri as well, um, with especially with her sister, um, when her sister Janae mm-hmm. is... Um, clearly really likes Ainsley mm-hmm. and the next door neighbor. And mm-hmm. I just felt like Zuri was really meddling. And I was like, just <laughs> leave her alone and let her figure. She's pretty her. judgy sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I really liked all those sides and the fact that I, I really was like rooting for her at times. And sometimes I just was like, leave her, leave your sister alone and let her make her own decisions. Um, but I really love the closeness of all the girls mm-hmm. and, or women, young women, I should say. Not yeah, girls. <laughs> I, I thought that. Um, I mean, I just loved. I love the that poetry. I I love that one particularly, Jen. And I think like how she thought that no one she knew was there, and that was part of how she could be herself and could really share her writing. Um, made it even more interesting. Um, but then of course, um, <laughs> Darius being there is significant. Um, and helps in the development of their relationship. But yeah, I mean, I think that she is able to find and um, 
revel in the beauty of what's around her and I think that's really hard for people to do and so I really appreciate that but yeah I agree Sarah that like with Janae I mean part of that is that resistance to change like she's so afraid Mm -hmm. that if Janae has a boy then she's not gonna you know her sister she's so anxious for her sister to be home for the summer to be with her Mm -hmm. but then a lot of it is jealousy about spending the time with somebody else instead um Mm -hmm. And so she's certainly driven by that, mm-hmm. um, that she doesn't want Janae to be distracted, basically. Um, but, you know, it's also that she's protective and that she's afraid of what could come. And so, I mean, I think that part's really mm-hmm. um, interesting to consider. Well, and I think when she closes herself off and her sister off, and it is that protective moment. I mean, mm-hmm. there are times that I was like, just give Darius a break. Like, yeah. Yes. He is doing his best to survive in two very different worlds. Um, it reminded me of um, Star and Angie Thomas's The Hate You Give. Mm-hmm. You know, that that need to belong in both places means he almost had to have two personalities. And she was so confident in who she was. It was like she couldn't process why anyone would need to do that. She saw it as being very fake. And I think for him, he just saw it as survival. Um, and that all I, of that the, was him. I mean, I right. think he had a better understanding mm-hmm. than she did of that. Right. That you can have all these that, facets. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And that all of these different sides are still you. Mm-hmm. And he tries to say that to her, but definitely she um, is resistant to that because she is so genuine um, and she is so, um, like, transparent mm-hmm. and just, mm-hmm. like, exactly what she feels on the inside is what you see on the outside that it's hard for her to fathom that mm-hmm. all those different parts could all fit together and still be one person who's who's genuine but it was it's so i love the i love the parts in the book where um she is clear she clearly is feeling judged mm-hmm. you know by mm-hmm. but then she is also judging it's oh, serious it's very yeah. yeah i mean so i loved watching that whole narrative play out mm-hmm. for Darius and um, Zuri because it was just really interesting to see both her feeling really judged but also being very judgmental mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us do that a yeah, lot of the time right, but definitely. I mean but I don't know that it's always as represented in a in books as well as um, E.B. Savoy does it in this book. I so. agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought that was really strong because that mm-hmm. is what a lot of us do. I mean I definitely do that. Yeah. But, and just, I mean, and then, like you said, Jen, just being like, give give this poor boy yeah. a break. He is trying. But then at times, then you're like, what is wrong with you, man? Yeah. Come on, get it together. Oh, he definitely had his yeah, moments. Yeah, he had his moments. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, mean, I think that's great that yeah. everybody has moments that they're very flawed. And that we on the outside are like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing to each other? It just... Yeah, we're all humans. Give give everybody a break. But <laughs> I, I think that's one of the strengths. I mean, yeah. and I will say, I'm gonna. I promise, I won't talk about Pride and Prejudice the whole time. But that's one of the things I love about Pride and Prejudice is you see Darcy, who is an absolute jerk at the beginning of the book, and then you start to see some of the reasons that he has built that wall around himself. And because then you understand his motivation, he's a more empathetic character. Mm-hmm. And so, I, and when he starts becoming vulnerable, that's when you're like, oh my gosh. I really like him. And so I felt some of that here as well. But is Darius a more likable character? I think he's more likable sooner, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, it just so travels faster yeah. to that point. And like everyone else kind of 
it's it, it I feel like he is liked by people other than Zuri yes. from the start. Yeah, so speaking of likability of characters, <laughs> um, we talked a little bit earlier about Zuri going to Georgetown, which I just loved everything about that. I loved that she was reading Ta-Nehisi Coates. I love that um, she was thinking about, like, his experiences mm-hmm. at Howard, and then, and then she had this awesome dream, and she was really focused on getting to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she has this, like, really amazing moment, and then she does the poetry thing, and that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then um, Darius is really opening himself up to her um and you know it's again one of those times where i'm really rooting for him and then he takes her to his grandmother's house um and then things um unravel (laughs) from there (laughs) so i just wondered if y'all wanted to comment on that whole i just thought that scene was brilliant because i think that um it gave us it gave Zaboy really got to speak to a lot of the issues in the book in a really powerful character-driven way, which yeah. I think is great. So I just wonder what y'all thought about all that. Well, when I read that part, um, I was I was conflicted because I in my mind I'm like, is Darius so desperate to spend time with Zuri and get to know her that because he knows how he knows that his grandmother is going to be judgmental. Yeah. I mean, because they she, both. Both Darius and his sister know they're just kind of like that's just the way she is. Right. But or did he think that Zuri should just be you know just like yeah. let it let it roll off? Which I mean, Seems- number one, if he knew her or anybody in that situation, would not be able to let that roll off. Right. So I, in my mind, I was like struggling to. S- if he was that desperate that he was like, I'm just going to take the time yeah. I can get. Or, or kind of naive, or naive, naive to, say, to the yeah. He assumes that his grandmother will see to her true heart, just but, like he did. But I was horrified at <laughs> yeah, that scene, was, uh, and just as so. I mean, I was. It was also. I loved how Zuri responded. It was yeah. like, I'm not going to take this, mm-hmm. but. I just, it was just so uncomfortable. I just, mm-hmm. yeah. Ugh. Well, just that the, his grandmother thought that she could use, was, that her money gave her permission to be absolutely I, rude to a guest. Yeah. And that she thought because she and her family have money and they see themselves as being above others, that she can treat her as she wants and it's going to be okay. And yeah. It and was, just keep asking where Carrie is mm-hmm. and all of that. Well, I just, and I felt yeah. like it was also that she had this idea that there was one way to be. Right. And I think that was a lot of it too, was like that she was so sure of how things should be. And, um, and I think that's a lot of what Zaboy comments on throughout the book yeah. is mm-hmm. like that there's not one way to be and that um, it's hard for anybody to not get grounded in this idea mm-hmm. that there is a right way. And then in a lot of ways, Darius and Ansley are the ones who can kind of be different ways with different people and be comfortable in that. And Zuri is having to learn to mm-hmm. make some changes to open up to that idea that there could be different ways to be and that she can be true to herself, but also... Um, understand that other people might have different truths and that that's okay. Right. But I think the grandmother brings that to a forefront because she's just so unbelievably cruel to her. Mm-hmm. I mean, and just feels so says, sure she knows what's right. She says, how did Carrie get home? I thought you two were hanging out in D.C. today. I was expecting her, and this is what you bring to my door instead. Just like that oh. dehumanization my gosh. is so shocking. And I just think for for Zuri to be able to stand up to that kind, it's not even, it's beyond rude. Just mm-hmm. total dismissal of her as a human being who's worthy of respect. Um, is a, It just shows how strong she is and the way she's been raised. 
by yeah. her parents and, and what she's managed to accomplish in building her own identity. Yeah. Which is, which I feel like for her age mm-hmm. is something that is remarkable. Yeah. Because, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So um, we could talk about this for a long time, but we <laughs> want to get to American Street also. Um, I just wondered if you all wanted to comment on, for teachers out there, um, what classroom use might look like for this book. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it would be great to use in the classroom. Um, I think it would be great for lit- literature circles mm-hmm. um, and maybe having it as a choice. I mean, you could have the hate you give mm-hmm. with it with as a choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, just... Um, I don't know. Like, I think that would be, uh, I mean, I think it would be great. I think it would be great to read it and compare it with Pride and Prejudice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd love that pairing because I I think so many, so so much we're still um, teaching classics, and I don't know Mm -hmm. if there's anything wrong with that, but I think anything we can do to bring contemporary literature to the table um, Mm -hmm. and examine Mm -hmm. them in light of contemporary lit is great. Yeah. Yeah, I had a class in grad school where we did that. We read all of this. It was all, um, it was a Caribbean lit class. And so we read the originals, which were mostly Victorian. Um, and then we read the ways that the colonized um, societies had rewritten it. And yeah. it was really fascinating. So That's I think awesome. you could do something similar with this. But I do think it would stand alone. Like, I do too. So I think yeah. you could do either emphasize the connections to Pride and Prejudice. But I also think just on its own, it would be a great novel to add to any collection of young adult lit and unlike a lot of the books that we've YA books that we've read for the podcast um this one is a manageable length yes. I yes. think for a whole class oh, read it reads yeah. so fast yeah it Both reads really fast did, yeah. I thought mm-hmm. neither one would take students a long time to get through yeah yes mm-hmm. and I think she covers a lot of ground yes. in that length and so that's nice because I think that's what's hard is a lot of times the ones that we love the most are difficult for classroom purposes mm-hmm. because they're so long and often denser than some others but then some of the shorter ones you feel like you're really sacrificing yes. not that they're not good books but right. you feel like you're sacrificing something by choosing the shorter options whereas I feel like both of these pack quite a punch yes um in in the length and so that's great mm-hmm okay we are going to transition over to American Street um, and just to set the stage here, well, a couple things. One, we are going to have a part where we talk about things that are kind of spoilers in the book. So we will let you all know before we get to into any major spoilers. Um, and also, here is um, a quick summary of the book. When Fabiola Toussaint flies from Haiti to America with her mother, she dreams of a new life with her aunt and cousins. However... Um, when her mother's detained at the American border, Fabiola quickly discovers that the life she envisioned in Detroit is not what's in store for her. Um, so we didn't say much even in our summary because we were trying to, um, you know, not not um, spoil anything. But again, that is the premise um, at the very beginning of the book. And yeah, we want to discuss. So what did you all think, ladies? I loved this one a whole lot. Um, I just... I immediately um, fell in love with Fabiola. I actually, um, I did a combo of audio and um, book and reading, and the narration was great on it. And I just, I really just fell in love. I just fell in love with it from the beginning. I'm, it, more than pride, I felt just compelled. Like, I wanted to know what was going to happen mm-hmm. with the, these characters. And I thought the secondary characters were really well drawn. I felt like I knew them really well. And um, I just really, really enjoyed it and thought it um, – I mean, I just – and I learned a lot from it, too. I really I really mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah, I loved it, too. Um, I read this one first. 
and she just captured me right away. I, mm-hmm. I agree that the characters are just beautifully drawn. I love the way she incorporates, um, I mean, it's magical realism, which I know can be a problematic term, but just that there's magic in every moment around them and that these um, iconic characters come to be a huge part of the book. I love that. I did think um, the writing for me was a little stronger in Pride, um, and I don't know how much of that was just because I had that pride and prejudice in the background, maybe filling in gaps that were there that I filled in automatically. But there were just a couple of places where I felt like it jumped um, both in character and in plot in ways that I didn't expect. But that did not take away from my enjoyment of the book at all. I ended it and was absolutely giddy because I just think it's beautiful. Oh, that's really interesting. Now, I thought the writing was better in American Street. And I wonder mm-hmm. if it's because I didn't have the source material. Mm-hmm. To, Which because did you I read felt first? I read Pride first and then read American Street. Okay. And what was your order? I was American Street and then Pride. And I, was I don't know if that Pride makes a difference. Pride and then American but. Street. Hmm. Hmm. But I, I agree with you, Jen, that um, – I mean, I, I – loved both of these in very different ways this one is more my style of book than pride is um i am not as as i often talk about i'm not big <laughs> on like romantic comedies like that kind of thing is not um so while i loved a lot of components of pride just the sort of like traditional there are some elements is like a traditional mm-hmm, love story absolutely. and like that stuff is not something that i read a lot of whereas like i'm really interested in um cultural dynamics i'm really interested in like the clash between somebody's culture of origin mm-hmm. and then them being put in a different place that has a different culture i like all of that so i feel like this is much more the vein of things I normally read so that's mm-hmm. one um, reason that I really loved this one because I felt like she did that so well and that's an area that I really am interested yeah, in I agree but I do agree with you Jen about the plot just that I mean I, I think that's getting into the nitty-gritty again it didn't um, diminish my enjoyment mm-hmm. of the book but there were things that happened that just felt like they had to happen in order for her to make her point and that's yeah. okay I mean yeah, that's, yeah. that's okay I mean I can I can bend that for stories because I think you know I mean it's um I love the message, and I think that's what matters. But I agree that in some ways, Pride felt more nuanced as far mm-hmm. as the plot goes. Whereas this one, there were times that I was like, "Oh, this this had to happen for this other thing to happen," and a lot of that was kind of setting up for um, some of the moments at the hmm. end. But, Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's, just, let's just move along there. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. I was just like running over and. Yeah, just process. Well, kind of like, you and I talked a little bit, Sarah, about Kasim, and we're not going to get again. We don't want to give a lot of spoilers, so we're trying to be careful yes. here. But you know, there are just things that um, plot-wise, you're like, okay, yeah, for this sure. thing is coming. Like, yeah, you know, and I think that that part it isn't bad necessarily for a reader to be aware of um, of things before they happen. But there just is some of that element. But anyway, for sure, yeah, moving right along. <laughs> Let's talk about Fabiola and her mom. What did mm-hmm. you all think about that? I thought it was interesting that her mother had such a presence in the book without being in the book Mm -hmm. Um, that Mm -hmm. she, you know, Fabiola definitely is carving out her own life in Detroit and is figuring out how to exist kind of against her cousins and her aunt um, and that her mother was really her mother, but she was also her home. Like when she thought about her home, she thought about her mother and that is what she's trying to wrestle with. Um, how to stay true to them 
while making a new life for herself mm-hmm. in this place that they've chosen as as their new home and as their new way of life and that they've been dreaming about for so long. But a lot of times those realities that she comes up against, her, her instinct is to go back. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was really smart and it was really lovely because I do think, I mean, for anyone who's been separated from a parent for any reason, they, they are always on your mind and they can become sort of that touchstone when things are uncertain. And mm-hmm. so I thought that was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I felt like the relationship between them was so tender. And I think that helps with the believability of mm-hmm. how far Fabiola would go in order to get her mom mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. Um, and into America. And so I really appreciated that because I felt like I bought into everything about their relationship and how her mom was her whole world. And then therefore that there no length was too great of a length to go mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. um for getting her mom safely through. Um, and I mean, I just thought, I thought also like all of the stuff about the detainment center mm-hmm. and how she can't get in touch with her, I mean, speaks to um, a profound issue that we yes. have. Mm-hmm. And so I just appreciate all that too, because I think that um, it's really ugly to look at it when it, it when you are, um, like you said, Sarah, where like you love her from the moment, from mm-hmm. the first moment yeah. in the book, and then you watch her um, suffer through this and, um, be separated from her mom seemingly for no good mm-hmm. reason and how unbearable um, that is for her and of course for her mother who so desperately wants them to have this better life so I mean I really loved that and I loved her connections back to Haiti and how she was thinking back to um, yeah just the constant comparisons between mm-hmm. Detroit and Haiti and how they expected all of these things that then didn't always come to fruition in the way that they imagined. Yeah. Um, Which is the mystery of what was keeping them apart is so heartbreaking that well, and that the mystery of what can bring them back together, it doesn't seem any more logical that Mm -hmm. it's just this series of things that you have to do and hope that they can have an effect. Yeah. Cause you, you think if you play by the rules, then things can happen the way they're supposed to happen. And what she comes up against again and again is that those rules either don't exist or don't make sense in the way that she understands them. Yeah. It's, it felt, it was so interesting in a book where her religion and her faith were something that she could understand and that were ever present to then have these other things that we think of as being ever present in our lives were more mysterious than Mm -hmm. the things we usually think of as being distant. And so to see her be so grounded and then to have this other place where there was no anchor for her, I just thought that juxtaposition was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so what did y'all think about when Fabiola gets to America? I mean, what, and so she gets to see her cousins and um, her aunt. Yeah, what did y'all think about all that? Uh, I loved, I loved the whole dynamic with the cousins Mm -hmm. and um, my Tante Jo. Um, I thought it was super interesting, and I just loved the, how different each of the cousins were, Mm -hmm. Um, and how they underestimated her I mm-hmm. thought that was really interesting in the story I mean I think as a reader I underestimated her too yeah. in the beginning I felt I, I felt felt like her strength um I became aware of her strength the longer I was with her in the mm-hmm. story and I think the cousins were the same because I 
it's hard to discuss it this without spoilers. Yeah. Do we just so? Need, I don't know. Do we keep going? I think I, I can. Hard. But I mean, I just think that they became. I mean, I think they underestimated her to the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just underestimated her, and I think they under, underestimated the love that she had for her yeah. mother and um their whole relationship. And I think that they just um kind of looked at her as a weak person yeah. who was going to you know um acquiesce to them and that w- that was not the case i mean mm-hmm. she had her own agenda and she had a strength in her and i mean i even feel like when the th- things transpired the way they did she was still had her eye on getting her mother yeah. home i mm-hmm. mean even when bad things happened mm-hmm. she, her goal from the moment that she set foot on American soil and her mom was separated from her was that she was going to get her mother back. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is why throughout the book, I just, I think that's why I love this book so much. And I, um, more than pride because Mm -hmm. like the, the moment that Fabiola's story began, I was with her and I was with her till the end. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, she really impacted me as a character Mm -hmm. and I, I was rooting for her and all the things, but mostly I was rooting, I wanted her to get back to her mother yeah. mm-hmm. the whole time. Even when all these other things were happening that, as a reader, we root for. Mm-hmm. My goal was this. I mean, yeah. I felt myself having the same goal as her. Is mm-hmm. to, she and her mother must be reunited. And mm-hmm. I think that's a powerful story. And I think that is something that, especially in YA fiction, um, when there are other things happening, like love interests and things, that that is a hard thing to get a reader to buy into from beginning to end. And I bought it hook, Mm -hmm. line, and sinker. So Well, and I think the cousin strength was so overt. Yeah. And it was so just on the surface. And Fabio was a bully. I mean, like, they were were definitely, I mean. And she just has a much more subtle strength. And it's a a confidence in herself and and just in that strength of purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt like, yes, they were strong, but they were – distracted a lot like yeah. by like it was very easy to get them to turn their heads and use their strength on something that wasn't their main purpose yeah. whereas with her because she was so single-minded yeah like everything she did she did because in some way it was going to tie back to her mom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even with her relationships mm-hmm. with some of the ways that she acts toward people again being careful with spoilers but with some of the ways she acts mm-hmm. toward people that she doesn't want to but she knows she has to build a relationship because that can get her mom mm-hmm. and so I think too in the whirlwind of her arrival in Detroit which to me just felt like whoa like oh my gosh like you're there and your mom's not there and you're starting school tomorrow <laughs> and you don't know these cousins you've only seen them on I think they use Skype or something like Skype you've only seen them there and, and they're I mean, a lot I mean like yeah. they have these huge personalities <laughs> yeah. and they I mean they're, they're, they're not shy you <laughs> right. know about telling her her roles and things mm-hmm. like that and I I mean, and I, at the beginning, I'm like, oh, she is going to do whatever they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, no, that's not the case. Yeah, she just know? gives in yeah. when she doesn't care. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I did like, um, I mean, one of the things I loved about the cousins is that, like, they were each, they each had such distinctive personalities. Mm-hmm. And yet they all knew the rules of the street and they knew the way to command themselves. And even like the bullying that you were seeing, Sarah, like I think that I loved how Du Bois showed it was a survival all of the layers of how they held their own Mm -hmm. and took care of their family in that community. And I thought that was really powerful because I think that a lot of times when 
particularly female characters are really assertive and commanding it i mean i mean and in life not just in characters mm-hmm. that it's easy to just be like man what is wrong with that girl and i felt like instead she did such a nice job of showing these really mm-hmm. big personalities mm-hmm. who also had this profound love for each other yeah. and would do whatever it took and well, really when you look at them they're doing the same thing fabiola yeah, is but we're just they're like fabiola because yeah. she's yeah because yeah. when they're aggressive it's in defense of the other or of their mom yeah and when you think of what they've been through as a family with the loss of their father and that their mother's so so ill that strength has been a necessity for them as well and Mm. i want one of the most fascinating characters for me was chantal because Mm. she's like walking this tightrope between two different worlds and um i think that the device that um eb zaboy uses with giving like a just like a little snippet of each of the character stories was so powerful i love that that too i love that in that book and i marked in chantal's story this paragraph which i thought was really impactful and it really made me appreciate her as a character so much and really see her in a different way Mm -hmm. and the paragraph is um creole and haiti stick to my insides like glue It's like my bones and muscles, but America is my skin, my eyes, and my breath. According to my papers, I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm not a citizen. I am a resident alien. The borders don't care if we're all human, and and my heart pumps blood the same as everyone else's. And I just Mm, really thought that was a great um, insight into her as a character Mm -hmm. and her role in um, both her role as kind of like the good one, you know, the one that is like college bound and studying or, or studying for in college. And then also her role in her family. And Mm -hmm. I I just feel like that was amazing way to um, tie some of that together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that for all of the cousins that there's um, a lack of understanding of all their layers, but Mm -hmm. especially like people, you know, where they were like expecting her, like when she goes back to the school and the guidance counselors asking her which school Uh, she's attending and all that stuff and like how the guidance counselor is not considering all of the things that Chantal has to consider about her family and her responsibilities mm-hmm. and everything beyond her own ambition and her own intelligence. Right. And so like, I just loved all of that for each of the characters. Yeah. I mean, for mm-hmm. Pri and Donna as well, that like they have all these things going on that people aren't aware of that make them. Yeah. I just thought that like, mm-hmm. like you said before, that it, it makes a really rich cast of the secondary characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Agreed. Okay, I think that we are going to um, jump into spoilers here a little bit just so we can talk a little bit about Kasim and Dre. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to get your take on Detective Stevens, but mm-hmm. I felt like it was hard to do that without mm-hmm. spoiling a little bit. So, like, what did y'all think about that whole part of the story? And then I want to talk a little about Kasim. I mean, I know probably that that is an accurate uh, – something accurate that happens, but, I mean, it's horrifying that mm-hmm. so, – that, um, for one thing, that, that Fabiola had to put her life and the lives of her family members at stake mm-hmm. in order to when, – when Detective Stevens offers, offers her this deal, of course she's going to take it right. you know, to get her mom out right. or to get to even mm-hmm. talk to her mom. But, I mean, it is – I mean, the fact that that is used as a bargaining chip is horrifying and yeah. really – I mean, it just makes me sad mm-hmm. that that – yeah. yeah. But I mean, I'm despicable. sure, it, yeah, it's yeah. despicable, mm-hmm. but it happens. And I think it was a good, it, I think it's good that um, it's in the book to mm-hmm. shed some light on it, especially for young adults who might not be as aware of mm-hmm. those yeah. things. Yeah, well, that was I, my least. 
favorite part. Oh, I was just gonna say that was my least favorite part because yeah. I, yeah, I just like I believe that it would make sense to prey on Fabiola because she's new and vulnerable and had this leverage to offer. But then I thought some of the some of the ways that Fabiola responded, I didn't find to be as authentic as everything else about her character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt like I loved. I, I appreciated that being in there mm-hmm. um, because I felt like it shows how the people in positions of power hold the power. Right. Yeah. And they can, like you said, Sarah, of course she's going to take the deal. What yes. choice does she have? Mm-hmm. Right. She doesn't hold cards at the table. I mean, I just think, so I liked all of that because I felt like she doesn't have another option. Again, if her goal is to get her mom in, she's going to get her mom in. And she right. did have, I mean, I said earlier that she would do it at whatever cost, but she did have a, a stopping point. And the stopping point was her cousins and right. her family. And she was not willing to turn them in in order to get her mom, even though they, she desperately wanted her to have her there. Right. Um, but I think that that was another thing that Zaboy did so nicely is showing how people get into those kinds of situations and again, just just not demonizing the people who are selling the drugs and who are um, trying to make money to stay afloat. I mean, right. I felt like, you know, even though the cousins do have their big personalities and they are um, kind of abrasive at times, <laughs> we very much empathize with them and love them as readers and understand why they do what they do. Right. Yeah. And so I think then when we see it's them that has, you know, that did the deal that the detective is trying to bring down Dre for – that's all very – I mean, that I just thought that part was great. Mm-hmm. But then I agree that, like, I didn't believe all the things that Fabiola then tried to do, like, where she tries to manipulate Dre. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think she was that – Yeah. I didn't think she was that naive Mm-mm. to believe that she really could sway him to do this thing that was going to be this huge risk for him. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like that she was, like, naive enough for that or that she was manipulative enough to right. make that successful. And I mean, I guess that goes back to what you were saying earlier about the strength of the writing mm-hmm. in terms of the way that the plot devices were used yeah. to, to progress the story. Yeah. Um, because I found it hard to believe that Detective Stevens was aware of Fabiola's existence the mi- almost yes. the minute she walked into town, right. but however was not aware that the that the girls were the ones selling right. selling. Right. And yeah, so I mean, I guess when I was thinking about the writing, I'm thinking about the way that it made me feel and mm-hmm. how connected I felt to the characters. But I did agree that like a lot of the things that were put in the story, and I'm not even mad that they were there, right. was but that. That I knew from the moment that, you know, Kasim was in the picture, that he was destined to be, he was like this right spot and that there was yeah. destined to be something bad that happens with yeah. him. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that yeah. kind of goes back to all that that we talked about before in the in terms of the reason that things were placed in the story yeah. to to propel the right, plot and I forward. still yeah. think that like it's such a rich story, right. and yeah. it doesn't. I'm it doesn't compromise. Exactly right, it. right. It, it doesn't compromise. It just took me out of it, it for a minute. I was like, um, really? Back to it because yes. I, I wanted to know the next thing, and I right. Was, and I loved her so much, but yeah, it was just that moment that I was like knocked out of the <laughs> the forward motion, right? A little bit. Yeah. Although even the part with Dre, I mean, I think when you think about the Loise and the prayers that she does, and all those mm-hmm. things, and the fact that she does believe and sees like Papa yeah. Legba and all that mm-hmm. stuff that she maybe I mean I could go with her on the mm-hmm. idea that she could embody a spirit that then she right. believes she can be successful with him but then I was just like 
you know, Kasim was right there. I mean, it was that yeah. stuff that I think was a little bit hard to. And they fell in love really quickly. Yes, yeah. they did. <laughs> Very <laughs> quickly. But, but I mean, not so that I didn't. He was so charming. I, I know. Was, I was all on board for that. And he I'm took like, her great. to the dance. I mean, like, oh, to yeah. see the dancers. Oh, and, like, sweet. I thought that was, was so precious. But I. And he was just so. Yeah, he was just such a sweet character. Yeah, but I mean, like you said. But like you said, there is, like, you're like, oh, this is not going to go well for him. But I mean, he was just such a sweet character. And, um, I also appreciated and and found believable the relationship between Kasim and Dre. Mm-hmm. That, like, he would stand stick by him even though Dre has these horrible parts of his personality. Yes. It was believable that mm-hmm. they would stay together and that he is so golden-hearted that he would endure. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and the fact that at some times he needs – like, when he says this, it reminded me of um, – I hate to keep making the comparison, but the hate you give mm-hmm. with um, Devante. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. when right. when Kasim says that he he does some things for Dre sometimes, and he to mm-hmm. get his mom out of a spot and all that. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was all really believable, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah. But I just, just having to make hard choices. Yeah. Having to make hard choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In order to survive and protect his family. And again, and I think that, you know, Zaboy does a nice job of showing all of the structures in place that are making those mm-hmm. things happen and mm-hmm. making that community um, have to make those really yes. horrible choices that they shouldn't mm-hmm. have to make. They shouldn't be in a position to have to make them. And same with the cousins. I mean, I feel like when they're backed up against the wall with the money, mm-hmm. like, what are they going to do about that? They do have to make it up and they know their mom can't do it and like yeah so I just feel like all of that I mean I thought that Imani was a great character to have in there because you saw the way that Dre's interest in her made Donna so mad that then the aggression against Imani like that was one of the times that it did feel like bullying Mm -hmm. because Imani had not done anything wrong she didn't want Dre she didn't want his interest but he kept putting that on her and then she had to defend herself against Donna and Pri. And so I thought there were just so many subtle touches mm-hmm. that I thought they are not demonized, but you do see when they're making the wrong call. Yeah. Um, and that Donna and Dre's relationship, as tortured as it was, I thought was very believable. And just yeah. that cycle of abuse and that you, you know, that Pre would think she was going to get out of it, that they thought she was going to get out of it, and then that she would just go back to it over and over. And that that was really heartbreaking to me as well. It was it was. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in this book that I think is worthy of discussion and just really well done. Yeah, so I thought that Dre, I thought everything with Dre was really interesting. Um, and what you were saying, Jen, that like, you, you know, it's heartbreaking, their mm-hmm. relationship, but then the whole D&D mm-hmm. thing and that people felt like that was just them, like that they understood them um, yeah. and therefore accepted them um, was really interesting. Um yeah, but I, I was thinking back to, yeah, and I just thought, it, I was thinking back to um, when we first saw Dre with mm-hmm. Donna in mm-hmm. the very beginning. And, you know, it's um, when she sees Bad Leg, Papa Legba, and he beats the mess out mm-hmm. of Papa Legba. And she has no idea who these people are. And then Kasim is the one who comes out right. and defends him, which I actually think speaks to the love yeah. of her sight. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that, you know, she does the have boy a soft in the blue spot. cap. <laughs> she has a soft spot for him because of that. But I just thought all of that was really interesting um, and how people just accepted in yeah. a lot of ways how Dre was. Mm-hmm. What did y'all think about him? I, uh, 
I mean, he. I mean, I think he was <laughs> is a product of what his life has been. I mean, mm-hmm, I do mm-hmm. think that that she does a good job showing that with being like Q, like kind mm-hmm. of Q's right hand mm-hmm, man, mm-hmm. and also being the one who um, accidentally kills um, the girl's father, Uncle Phil. Uncle yeah. Phil. At age ten, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it just shows that the the way that he has had to live and the pro- mm-hmm. he's kind of like a product of what he's had to endure in his life. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, while I wouldn't call him a sympathetic character because of how he treated Donna um, or the domestic abuse, mm-hmm. you, I, I think that E. B. as a boy does a good job of showing why. He why he mm-hmm. is the way he is and then yeah. at the very end when That's when we get Dre's yes. story yes. that helps solidify his like kind of his motivations as a mm-hmm. character and yeah. so i i thought that she did a really good job of making him understandable and just understandable yeah, yeah. but like not sympathetic right yeah because he is the bad guy yeah in a yeah, lot of the sure. story yeah. i mean you know for fabula like in a lot of ways he's the bad guy which is why ultimately she decides she doesn't even care if she's setting him up to bring him down because she is just she's like it's fine because i'm solving a lot of people's problems right. by doing this um and it helps her you know be okay with that but i yeah i felt like i loved how you got this story like you said before sarah that plot that technique um, that she used to give those stories, I felt like that was the most powerful. Like that so idea effective. that that his aim was off, and that from that moment when he shot Phil, mm-hmm. his I mean, whole when you life think about changed. how and this how this entire novel unspooled. Yeah, I mean that yes. that moment changed things for almost every character. Right. Yeah. I mean, Fabiola and her mother coming to Detroit could have been different yeah. but but ever, or could have been the same but secret, everything else right the entire mm-hmm. you know that whole time also um yeah so i guess when i was thinking about papa legba and it made me think about um about fabiola and mm-hmm. her voodoo practices and um just the rituals that she brings with her what did you all think about that i thought she i thought that it was great the way it was in the story like yeah. it didn't take you out of the story mm-hmm. when even though that there are these characters who are clearly spirits mm-hmm. who are helping guide her i mean it just went it was just smooth transition yeah. from from what is happening um with the people in the story and mm-hmm. then also with these spirits and i thought it was fascinating it was beautiful when it just helped her to understand who they were and to see them as also flawed but but to love them because mm-hmm. she, it was like she was seeing them through this lens that I don't, I don't know how to articulate. Well, I think it, it gave her this connection with her mother yeah. too, even oh, though her yeah. mother wasn't mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I'm thinking of like Donna. You know, yeah. Donna has a lot of flaws, but because she connected her to this other character, I wrote it down somewhere. Who is she? She's Azili Danto. Mm-hmm. Um, because she sees her in that context almost, it's like she makes sense to her. Right. In a way that when she's just Donna, before she makes that connection, she just doesn't understand why she acts the way she does. Yeah. Um, and so I liked that, that it gave her this framework almost yeah. that made sense of her life. And I loved I loved um, Bad Leg or Papa Legba. Yeah. I loved how, like, they – 
he was used for foreshadowing. So then, like, when Detective yeah. Stevens was like, I'm like, don't go to the lady oh in the brown gosh. coat. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, like, that is what one of his songs was about. It was just. Yeah. When I loved how she, because she was in tune to that, mm-hmm. it was showing her. You know, he, his songs were showing, showing her, her all of these truths about the world around her that no one else was aware of because they weren't tuned yeah. in to listen. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really a powerful message. And I also loved how in the end she wins the cousins over yeah, that, right. like they come they are so dismissive about her prayers and her practices and her rituals um early on and each of them separately mm-hmm. is quite just dis- <laughs> you know even though again they're very different from each other all of them um seem to think it's kind of ridiculous and then they come to really appreciate and respect yeah her beliefs and her faith and her traditions and so i thought that was really cool too yeah. to yeah. see Okay, what did y'all think about the classroom? Maybe we should wrap up here, but um, yeah, what about classroom? I would use absolutely for this? use this. Yeah, absolutely. Same. And it's like another fast read mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think you could use it again in lit. So I, I think you could teach it a whole class, but I think in lit circles it would be great. I mean, I think it would be great to. I was thinking um, at one point about a nonfiction book called Enrique's Journey, which mm-hmm. is a story of an immigrant to the United States, and so I think you could look at it. From, from so many angles that it would fit into a lot of different types of literature circles. Mm-hmm. We can share some of those ideas uh, maybe on our maybe on our Patreon. Yeah. We can share some of those ideas. <laughs> um, We're trying to get better on sharing on yes. there. That's what I, <laughs> but I was thinking about. I think it would be a rich classroom text. Yeah. Yes. Same. Yes. I mean, I think this would be – I think there are a lot of students who would so appreciate mm-hmm. this story um, and who could learn a lot about – um, the experience of somebody who immigrates to mm-hmm. America. It's um, so timely. Yeah, yeah. It just feels really, even though I think it, I think, I mean, Pride is the most recent yes. of yeah. her books. And this one feels really ripped from the headlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. And then I think that, you know, um, the characters are really reachable. And yes. then for mm-hmm. students, it's something that um, they can, some of them, you know, some students can learn from and then some can see themselves reflected in right. um, the story. And I think that. Um, that's really powerful mm-hmm. for the classrooms. So. Yeah, it'd be great for an author study too. I think you could mm-hmm. do these two novels together. Yeah, and look at the connecting pieces. Like we didn't talk about um, Madrina in um, Pride, but oh, she yeah. Yeah. brings that sense of you know culture and religion and faith to that book. And so, yeah, it would be interesting to have students find those little author author tells, I guess, that yeah. appear in both mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, um, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this highlights episode. Um, just remember, if you are wanting to know what's coming up, that we now have a newsletter um, that's coming out. So you can sign up for that on our website or find it on our social media pages. Um, and also, um, you can follow us on, on um, you can follow <laughs> us on um, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Unabridged Pod. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We would love to hear them. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, on Instagram and Twitter at UnabridgedPod, or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com, or on our Patreon page. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light. Many thanks to Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer, and Tim Rieger, our videographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.